0: Brawl, welcome back to the Complete Roller Derby Survival Guide, a podcast about the ins and outs of the roller derby world from all perspectives. If you've been listening to previous episodes, you'll know the first few things that I'm about to go over here, but first of all, this, this whole first season is just going to be me, Brawl, talking about things that I wish had more of a platform, or I want to hear from more people on in the world of roller derby. Next season, I'm hoping to interview people of all different backgrounds, all different skill levels, etc., on the same topics that I'm covering this season. So, if you hear a topic that you'd like to contribute to, uh, feel free to drop me a line. You can email me at roller derby survival guide at gmail.com. Um, also, if you want to sponsor the show, I'd really appreciate that. If you're a skate brand or just some a brand that resonates with, the podcast that'd be super cool um and by having sponsors i'd have a lot more opportunities to do cool things next season so let me know i did also start a patreon um once i have subscribers there i'll post you know bonus content like maybe some bonus audio from podcasts i do want to start recording like visuals for the podcast so those will probably go up there first. Um, You'll get you know first notification about any merch drops and things like that and I'm sure there will be cool merch in the future especially if I get some sponsors so that I can have you know money to invest in merch. So email me if you have interest in any of that. Um, If you're emailing me about being on the podcast please tell me your derby name, what league you skate with or have skated with, historically what your role is in roller derby and also uh, please a brief summary of what your response is to the subject and you know what subject are you (laughs) interested in talking more about and if you're not interested in doing a full interview I do think that I will do some like you know features and audio clips so if you'd be more interested in doing like a small audio clip That's totally fine. You don't have to do a full interview with me, like, one-on-one. You also don't have to be, like, Derby Famous or, like, you know, a household Derby name. I want to hear from everybody. That's kind of the point of the podcast is I want to make it a more inclusive and open dialogue on a lot of topics and hear from different people. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation on social media, also, sorry, my dog is squeaking. I don't really (laughs) know what to tell you. Um, If you'd like to contribute to the conversation on social media, I'm on Instagram and TikTok for the podcast at roller derby survival guide. You can also find links in the Instagram bio to our bonfire shop to email me and more. But let's get into the episode. This episode is going to be about restorative practices. There will be a separate episode about cross training um, because I think that that it kind of goes hand in hand. It's like part of your routine, your you know, fitness wellness, you know, derby support routine. This episode will just be about restorative practices. So let's get into it. I guess the first thing I want to say is, just because you play a high-level sport or do hard workouts doesn't mean you're never tired. You still need rest days. Um, if you just keep pushing yourself, the ch- the just keep going mentality leads to injury, and I can tell you that from personal experience. Um, You need rest, rest days, but also you need restoration. So listen to your body. Am I feeling like I need to stretch? Am I feeling like I need to foam roll? Um, What restorative practice does your body need after a hard derby, scrimmage, or whatever you've just done? I try to regularly schedule a lot of restorative practices. Partially because I have a hypermobile body and just stretching before and after practice and doing warm-up and cool-down does not accommodate for everything that my body needs. Um, so you are going to have to find what works for you, like with a lot of things. Is it yoga? Is it somatic movement? Is it massage? sauna cold plunge? A combination of all those things? Um, for me, I used to not do any restorative practices at all. I... Just like because my body really hurt, I went to a massage therapist and they were like, What restorative practices are you participating in? Like, yeah, you weightlift and you do cardio and you play roller derby and you par- park skate, but are you like giving back to your body and restoring it in any way? And I was like, You know what? I hate yoga, so I'm not gonna do any of that. And the massage therapist was like, Well, There's other options. And I kind of was like, whatever. Because I think they were implying that, like, there are other options, but you should try yoga. And I'm tired of being told to do yoga. So I kind of wrote it off. But my body just hit a wall, and I needed to find things to help it out. So now I do a combination of uh, recovery cardio, which I'll talk about a little more in this episode, Um, somatic movement, which is different than yoga. Um, I get a massage about once a month, I do cold plunge and sauna, like hot cold therapy about once a month as well, and then I foam roll and use uh, myofascial balls a lot, I've also found some, you know, workout and stretching classes that cater to my specific body type, not talking about like body size or anything, but just like my hypermobile body, um, If you're in Asheville, you should look up Bendy and Badass. It's a class that is at, what's it called? It's at All Bodies, which is an inclusive gym. I highly recommend finding some sort of space that you can participate in outside of Derby if you can whether that's a gym that feels inclusive, um, All Bodies is a really good example of that. It's a queer-owned, anti-racist, trans-positive, fat-positive personal training studio, and I cannot afford to go there all the time, but I also found like a gym where I can do weightlifting that their mission statement is about empowering women and people of color, um, and I mostly feel very comfortable going there, so that's part of like making it an approachable thing to go to. Um, I guess it's more on the cross-training side, but going to this class at All Bodies taught me that I should be doing restorative practices during workouts as well, especially when I'm like weightlifting. So now in between weightlifting sets, I will like foam roll or use a myofascial ball or like sit down and stretch. Um, So not only segmenting out time during the week to separately do restorative practice, but also... Potentially integrating restorative practices into your workouts or your derby practice. Um, But yeah, the mindset of like, I play this hard-ass sport and I slam my body into other people. And also, park skating, I slam my body into concrete. You know, I'm just tough and I can lift heavy shit and put it down. Um, Yeah, it's not a long-term plan at all culture that you can participate in at least not for me for some people I guess it is but your body is not going to respond well to that long term and you need to find restorative practices if you want to participate in derby long term so I guess for this episode I'll talk briefly about each of the restorative practices that I participate in and then hopefully next season we can talk about restorative practices that other people participate in Um, so for me somatic movement is great it I'm not an expert on it, I just like follow a couple YouTube videos and like have a couple movements that I like to do. But like pigeon pose is one that is often considered a somatic movement. Um, There's a few others that they are releasing tension and trauma from your body. And if you have read or heard of The Body Keeps the Score, you know that our body holds on to stress hormones and like stores them in our body in ways that manifest physically. So somatic movement is combating that, to my understanding. Um, another thing that I do that would be in the same realm is body work. Um, I realize that it's expensive and not accessible for everybody, and I don't think that I should necessarily be spending as much money on, as I do on it, but it's really important for me to go about once a month and have somebody who is informed about my body and knows about hypermobility to, you know, get my body moving in the right way again. I did go to a chiropractor for a minute. Um, I think it was helpful, but not a long-term thing. Um, Yeah, finding a body worker that, like, understands athletes, if you're playing roller derby, and also if you have a hypermobile body or anything like that, someone who understands your body type in that sense. Um, I perform so much better after I get a massage. I went to RollerCon, got a massage the first thing I did when I walked <clears throat> the first thing I did when I walked in the doors at RollerCon, my body was feeling pretty shitty from like sitting on a plane and sleeping in a hotel bed and also from some weird shit that was going on with my body. Got a massage and then I was able to like effectively skate smartly the rest of the week. And if I had time and they had slots and I had the funds, I would have gotten a massage at the end of the week as well, but I did schedule one for when I got back with my regular massage therapist. Um, maybe ask your league if they know of anybody, because if they're informed about roller derby and like how we're moving our bodies and that, that's super helpful, because they'll be able to inform their practice and like what they're doing to your body better if they understand what movements you're participating I also recently have gotten really into cold plunge plunge and sauna, mostly cold plunge. Um, I've always been like a swimmer and someone who seeks out cold water, and I think it's because it mostly helps my brain. It like, you can look into it yourself. I don't want to be one of those biohacky bros that like is into it for the wrong reasons, but there's at least anecdotal evidence for cold plunge being helpful for people with you know, neurodivergence and, like, different neurotypes. Um, But it also just helps my body. I think the sauna cold plunge combination is really helpful for sore muscles and, like, restoring your body after doing a hard stevie, a hard scrimmage or a hard workout. Um, My whole body just feels, like, relaxed and neutral after I do a cold plunge sauna. Another thing that I don't hear talked about a whole lot, um, and I think maybe if you were an athlete like in high school or college, you might know more about this. I think I knew of the concept, but I didn't know how to implement it myself, is recovery cardio. I, every time I did cardio in the past, was just pushing myself to my limit. Like if I did a run, I would be like, how fast can I go? How far can I go? Every single time. In reality, you need to be doing recovery cardio whether it's on skates or you know on the elliptical at the gym on a run Um, if you don't know anything about recovery cardio i highly recommend downloading the nike run club app which i know is counterintuitive because i the just do it mentality is literally what i'm against but they have some great coaches on there it's all digital it's not live it's like pre-recorded And you can play your own music and then it just like comes in and out. So even if you're not a runner, maybe pull it up when you're like on the elliptical at the gym or something. Um, Or maybe just listen to a short one or look into recovery cardio. Um, I have seen it like in conjunction with triathlete training. So that might be another space to look for that information. Um, But basically... If you do recovery cardio, you're getting the lactic acid out of your body in order for your body to recover faster. So not every run or every cardio event or every cardio workout is to hit a PR. Like not, not, The intention of every cardio workout is not to hit a PR, or it shouldn't be, because you're just, again, going to run your body into the ground. If you're doing recovery runs, you're getting the lactic acid out of your body Allowing your muscles to actually like heal themselves and become stronger instead of just being stressed out essentially Um, and How a recovery run works I'll talk about it in terms of a run, but you can apply this to any cardio basically is by doing the easiest run possible So I will go on a flat trail. I'll do an out and back so I can be really exact about like how long I'm going for. So it's usually about 15 to 20 minutes. And I basically look like I am like practically walking or like I'm jogging as slowly as possible. And if you are a fast runner, your recovery run is going to look different than mine. But basically the entire time you should be at a one or two rate of perceived exertion, and you can look this up, but there's a scale called the RPE, the rate of perceived exertion. And a one in one, two, three is like very low. You feel like you could do so much more, but you're not going to push yourself and you're going to stay in that zone and doing a 15 to 20 minute run recovery run once a week, or, you know, recovery cardio, at least once a week, after a hard scrimmage or some other hard cardio that i've done um, has honestly changed how my body recovers drastically in a very positive way Um, it makes me want to go do cardio sometimes too because it's just like a chill you know half hour (laughs) Um, i do think that cross training comes into this obviously like Restorative practices are part of your fitness routine or whatever. Um, but I'll, I'm going to do a, a separate episode on that, I think. Because I think some cross training movements that support roller derby could also be considered restorative in some ways, but more in like a rebalancing sense. So, like lifting in ways that balance your body out. Because in roller derby, you're doing, you know, constant counterclockwise circles you tend to be pushing left or right and you're probably using one side of your body more than the other. We just naturally have a stronger side of our body. So paying attention to that and trying to do weightlifting or like bodyweight exercises that attempt to balance your body back out um, might be helpful, especially if you have a history of injury. Um, I know that my body is very unbalanced and I've been working on balancing it back out. With like the hip abductor and adductor machines, uh, fire hydrants, you know, those types of movements, especially because I know that my quads are quite unbalanced um, from playing roller derby, but also as a result of breaking my leg and doing some weird (laughs) physical therapy that wasn't really meant for my body. Um, Yeah, even if you don't have a history of injury, you want to prevent injury, you want to prevent physical burnout restorative practices are super important and I hope that we can like focus more on that as a culture instead of I think that we are moving this way as a roller derby culture focusing on longevity in roller derby and how do we achieve that by you know while minimizing injury and burnout um yeah so That was all I had to say about the subject, but shoot me an email if you have more to say, Um, especially if you have something that is like outside of the practices that I spoke about. I really want to hear about other people's restorative practices because I want to steal them, but also for anybody who's listening to the podcast, um, they might have different needs than I do. I'm sure there are people that have different needs than I do, obviously, so they might want to steal your restorative practices um yeah so email me at roller derby survival guide at gmail.com check out our socials at roller derby survival guide on instagram and tiktok instagram has a link in bio for you to check out the rest of our shit from bonfire to um an email link there's a link for patreon and also let me know if you want to sponsor the show that would be great Uh, Thanks so much. This is Brawl and you've been listening to the Complete Roller Derby Survival Guide podcast. Hope to talk to you next week.